whether you enjoy listening to podcasts or want to record a podcast, Anchor is a pl- perfect platform to start on. Not perfect in the ap- absolute sense, but perfect in the context of ease of use as far as creating the episode. Ease of use as far as discovering new podcasters. People just stepping into the arena of podcasting. I can't think of a better platform to produce a podcast on. In less than two years, I've been able to get my podcast heard on a multiple level, multiple platforms. From Anchor to iTunes to Google Podcasts. I've even landed Life is About More Than Living on iHeartRadio. The last one? That took an application, an application to get on that last platform. Yes, I had to apply to be on iHeartRadio, but now I'm there. And the best platform of all, which is also associated with Anchor, is Spotify. Once your podcast reaches Spotify, you can easily transfer it, transfer it to multiple social media platforms and reach more and more listeners. So I suggest you give Anchor a try if you're considering podcasting. Some folks say, some folks teach that we must get over our past. But we, there's nothing we can do to go back change something that happened to us in our past, in our childhood, in our teenage years, at any point of our life that has gone by. That is true. However, we still have memories because we have a past. Some of us have selective memories because of certain types of trauma we may have experienced in our past. And sadly, some of these traumatic events are related to those caregivers in our life. As well as some of the happiest times of our lives in our past are related to caregivers in our life. Now for me, for me, the home I grew up in is talked about in my book, We Are One Little Boy Lost, in a fictionalized version was not always the best place to be. However, in this podcast, though, I'm addressing, I'm addressing the other side. The other side of growing up in my grandmother Frances Harold's home. Well, she was the matriarch of the home. My grandfather had long passed off the scene. When I came of age, he had died. And some of my, my memories are not quite that clear. However, however, the ones I do possess, I've also focused on the darker side of growing up in a home with my grandmother. The darker memories that have plagued me for most of my 58 years on this planet. But there was also some good times and some good lessons that she passed on. So in this podcast, I'm addressing the other side of Mr. Francis' story. But some may say that we we shouldn't necessarily look for the good in those who did us harm in one form, way, or another. I totally disagree with that. For to come to the terms with who we are as individuals, I think we have to address the happy times of our past as well as the sad times of our past. Those who brought us the greatest joy, those who brought us the greatest pain, 
whether you do this addressing through therapy of some kind, friendships of some kind, relationships of some kind, developing certain life skills on our own coping mechanisms of one kind or another. I think we should deal with the memories of the good times, the good qualities of those persons who may have loved us the only way that they could. The way they passed, they were taught to love. Now, if you were fortunate enough or have been fortunate enough to know your grandmother or grandmothers to interact with them and experience that love and joy that so many persons enjoy from being in that company of that grandmother figure. I salute you. Be thankful for your truly blessed growing up. For those of you who may be listening who went through some type of traumatic experience in one form or another, then I experienced that love, that joy, the protective mechanism those sections that come along with a grandmother. At least in the time period I'm rearing. The world has far, gone far different now. It seems like we are more distant, more spread apart, more separated. We're connected through social media and the internet, yet we're not connected at all. And we're so easy to escape that which heart hurts and harms us psychologically, physically, spiritually. Because of this world we live in, the technology that we have, it's easy to gloss over. It's easy to, to say it's past in the past. Or as one ancient writer once said, to be forgetting the things behind you. And for a lot of my life, I believe that that ancient writer meant to literally forget the things behind. And he pressed, he's also to press on forward. Sometimes pressing forward means also pressing back, I think. Now, those who may be catching this podcast, those who may take take a time to stay with me up to this point in the text along the podcast, I suggest you go go and get the book, download the book, We Are One Little Boy Lost. Find Mrs. France's story in that book. Read her story in poetic form, in short form. And perhaps you can relate to her in your own life. I've known people in my professional life who have came out of homes that were less than perfect. But I think in the less than perfect environment where there may have been some type of issue that caused some type of trauma, there's also some goodness. Therefore, this podcast is addressing the goodness, the better side, the other side that's not addressing that point, that point of the poems related to her. Just like in your own story, I believe that you can find some good. What it might be, I don't know. I'm not you. And if there's no good to be found, at least find the goodness within yourself to say, I came out of this environment. I am stronger. I am standing. I am breathing. I am now endeavoring to live my best life in spite of the improper type of love I may have received from my grandmother, or it could be a grandfather, by focusing on 
grandmother, when our grandfather passed off the scene with that, I was born. I grew up in her maternal home. The other side of her, the side I rarely have talked about till this moment in time, as I talk about it, it brings tears to my eyes and I feel that I have to go down this road, this like Alice stepping through the looking glass. I have to step over through the looking glass. I pay homage to the other side of someone who created so much drama, so much mental anguish, so much stuff that could have affected me negatively if not had been for those who stepped into my life early on and provided me with some positivity beyond what she did. She was a diligent, diligent, hard-working woman in our small town. Yes, I grew up in a small town near the coast of eastern North Carolina. And every time the fisheries were popping, as we would say today, and you would come to town, you could smell the what some call the stench in the air, but it was the crabs and the fish being processed on the docks and the shrimp seafood being processed as they steamed it and the smoke bellowed into the air from the plants. She worked. She worked in one of those fisheries. We knew them as crab houses back in the day growing up. And she cracked, as that one says, she cracked her claw for like three cents a pound until that one of she did what she had to do to earn money to take care of our home. She was a diligent worker. She would get up. She would go. She would walk to work. She, she was a good worker. So it, I'm saying this because in our world today, it seems like we always want to make excuses and let's pick someone else to come reward us for less than quality work. Yet she worked so hard for so little to provide for so many. Her work ethic was strong. She cared for the home. We didn't we were hungry. The house was always clean. We, she taught cleanliness. She didn't teach the old adage of cleanliness and godliness. She taught cleanliness by her actions. She was known as one of the best cooks in town. She said, I don't have any culinary skills. And well, we just pop money in the microwave society, so I'll go and buy a meal and I pop it in. My skills, my people, listen. Listen, please, and learn well. In our ever changing world where we're up against things of climate change, there's storms raging. Basic life skills I challenge you to develop. She taught me life skills from an early age. Somebody said, well, you were too young to be standing at a stove. And that was kind of abuse. But no, back in that time period, caregivers, mothers, grandmothers, fathers, those who were interactive in one way or another, when they told them those good ones, as we may say, they taught life skills at early ages. Not just fishing and farming like Hollywood and glorifying the rural life. A small town of USA. People learn life skills. This wasn't that long ago, but I'm only 58 years old. If you, so in spite of the other stuff, she taught the diligence, the discipline to do the work and to do good quality work. 
care for your home physically. There's some spirituality mixed in with it, so I don't worry about much of it. Take this with you, please. Take this with you, please. What I'm about to say next. Well, here's some of my co-workers grumbling and griping and complaining about I'm not getting paid enough, and I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing that. True, the worker is, as one writer once said, deserving of the wage. But there's a time when we, in my grandmother's time, and some speakers are speaking hard on it now. That people brought value to what they did. They did not necessarily look at the individual coins continually, what they were or were not getting paid, or what they were exchanging their time for for a rate of pay. They brought value, they had standards that they lived up to. Their name meant something to be, it meant something to be a good, diligent worker. Skills, it's life skill, y'all. In our microwave society, it's a life skill. Because I can sit here grumbling and griping from my regular place at this point. People make all sorts of excuses for simply coming in to the place that they agreed to be and expecting the place to care. What about caring first for? In her, I saw the value of caring about what she do. From the time she allowed me to mow the lawn this first time, from the time I took care of certain things around the house. I emulated, imitated, emulated, imitated, copied what she did. Children work. Loyalty. Another thing. She was loyal. But loyalty, like faithfulness, go hand in hand. There are so many ways, in my opinion, first cousins, relatives, closest of the closest kinds, not even close to them. Cousins, and perhaps as brothers and sisters, brother and brother, they loyalty and faithfulness bound together. I watched her. Whether her opinions were right, whether her opinions were wrong, whether her opinions were just opinions, she stood loyal to her opinions. She did what she had to do. She was faithful in her efforts. She was faithful in her actions. She was faithful to take care of us children and grandchildren growing up. She stood by us even through the madness. She stood by us when I got into my teenage years, later years, and I started getting that freedom that was allowing me to get family, and I started venturing out, and I started wearing suits, and I started dressing a certain way, and I came in contact with, you know, somebody call it a cult, choose to call it what you will, I came in, you know, those witnesses in my later years, and she made sure my clothes were pressed, my Shirts were dressed, my suits were clean. I had the best of the best to go in that type of ministry. I liked for nothing. She let me to understand. She even sent me to an older man to learn how to tie a tie, which was something we don't wear too many of nowadays, it seems, men wearing ties. But there was a time in African-American culture, if another culture did it, we did it. We dressed our best. We didn't walk with our pants hanging down and our underwear sagging and sticking out. We had pride in ourselves, even the criminals on the block were dressed best for the best dressed men going. She helped me understand the value of a young boy, a young man going up to fit the part, to look the part, of feeling this personal hygiene to dress 
accordingly as a man should dress and walk. Whether you're a man or a woman, we've seen a little bit in microwave society, especially in our African-American culture. And these other races are copying the worst of our culture, where it's best that our asses are hanging out and our pants are sagging and we're smoking all sorts of stuff, taking it all into our bodies, smelling like burnt cigarettes, burnt ash when we get around people. And we call ourselves clean, physically. It's your personal choice. I'm not trying to fringe a bunch of personal rights, but I'm speaking of a value system from a woman that internally was suffering and dying though she was living, she taught me. And I say it to you. Not only when you open your mouth, people identify who you are. When you step in public, people see who you are. And yes, I understand the culture we now live in, the times we now live in. We have all our individual rights that we can assert. But if you want to be the best, you got to look the best, speak the best, talk the best. What is the best? I can't say what the best is. But I will tell you this. If you dress like a bum, or a person that has no self-value, that's how you're going to be valued. If you work like someone who's just working for a paycheck, and I work with somebody like that, you know people like that. If you go to work looking for them to pay you a certain salary, Lord, if you do the best, then you will never be the best at what you do. Be the best at what you do with a salary, the monies will come. If it doesn't come the way to love you want it to come, because you have a certain standard, because you bring a certain value, then you have to need to move on to those who will appreciate the value you can bring. She taught me to value myself and just and kind of in the word. There was a time when grandmothers were grandmothers, their grandmothers taught things. But now some of the grandmothers are going to be young as their children and they're clubbing and hanging. And that's their personal choice. I say, make sure I emphasize. It's your personal choice. I'm a general make your person right. But I am saying this. As our world constantly changes, it continually evolves. If you have those who are passing down some culture, some values, some things, that may be not so popular, some work ethics that may not be so popular when you can work in your job and you step in and you're smiling knowing that you hate where you're at, but you've got to do it, but you're still smiling because what you're hating, you're turning the power around from hate to loving the moment and you'll be the best you can be because you know you are an asset to your place of honor. You're adding value. But she walked to work foot over foot, step over step. But she got to her job with those docks and people were hearing it. And she heard the clang and the clatter and everybody working on the line and the smell of the air. She brought value to her job. When she came home, she brought value to her home. She taught value to my sister and I was, you know, we interpreted that value differently. To value who you are when it comes to work. Yes, it's that other point, it's the other side of her. It's not the dark side. It's not the abusive side. Because she had her moments. And I, at this age, her long time dead, would never understand her pain. I only knew bits and pieces of her childhood upbringing. I knew what I knew was enough to know that she was a trouble in her soul who gave birth to other souls and loved these souls all the way she was out. I'm not making an excuse for her, 
I'm not going to excuse for anyone who may have been a, a grandmother figure, a grandfather figure, someone close to you who may have been an abuser in some type of way or another. What I'm saying is simply this. You came out of it. If there was some good in there, it's happened to that good. And if there was no good, then you must address that fact, that thing in your life. In my life, I'm fortunate to say there was some good. Some value of work ethic, some value of personal self respect, of image. Some value. Everybody's story is different. But what are people are doing nowadays, and like being said, some of the people are calling out people because you can look to see where the face is from them. And the way they dress, the way they talk, and they conduct themselves. The words, the actions speak volumes of who you are. I've been down that dark road. And that book, we all went a little bit lost. I wrote a poem entitled, I Am My Grandmother's Son. I had a sign from that. I don't remember that name of it. I became a lot like her darker skin. I slipped away from the work ethic. I slipped away from the person there. I slipped away from that self care. I slipped away. I slipped away so far that my own children didn't recognize their father. Not because I was physically different, but because of things coming out of my mouth, my lifestyle, the things I was speaking. If you live your life bangless, if you live your life bangless, if you live your life without tapping into the good, those who may have gone before you, there are some good in them. You will not live your best life. I use this Francis word because even her darkness, she was able to shine a light. She was able to shine a light. She was able to shine her light. Well, it's like this: if you enter into a totally dark room and there's a door. There's light on the side of the door, and there's the slightest crack in that door. All around that door, the light on the other side will find its way through. But light often shines out of the darkness. And this is hard, me talking like I'm talking now. But I was wondering, how am I going to get back on the podcast game? What am I going to come out with? What story am I going to tell? And I realized I spent my life living so often in that box of what she failed to do as a grandmother. Of how she didn't do this and she didn't do that. She did this and she did that. It's easy to go back and blame and stay in that box. It's hard to come out and say, this is my life. <laughs> I'll take responsibility for it. And I was stretched. I was up to the heavens and I will reach. I'm a share. I find much more than where I came from. Some of our greatest men and women have came out of some of those horrible situations. We can look back as African Americans to our periods of slavery and post-slavery and the Jim Crow years and all this period of time where our people went through all sorts of stuff. We can look at our Asian brothers and sisters. We can look at what they have endured generations. We can look at 
they didn't rape the Native Americans in this country. What they went through in the place that was their home that was stolen from them, that we were stolen from our own land. <laughs> Most of us. All right, sir. Therefore, we are descendants of those who came out of abusive situations who learned and loved how they were taught love. And a lot of them did not have those things passed on to them in their original culture. So they did the best they could. I think they all did the best they could. It's not that Jesus is out in the The world is the microwave society. Perhaps even faster than the microwave society. Digital technology got things moving at such a pace. We're moving so quickly through time and space. We're moving faster. We are developing. We are growing. We're connecting, and yet we're not connected. Perhaps it knows that generationally could be of such aspects. The personal business life lesson, the business life lesson. Personal life lesson, should I say? Yes, professionally. Light, dark, 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 and you're overpowered by light. 
Not always at all, and vice versa. Is the light that you're looking at? Here, the light, you know, of my grandmother and my mother. The air she liked, here, but it's rooted in the way she was taught to love. That's what I was saying. She could learn a new way to love. She never did, I don't think, to her dying day, but I have. You can. We are living, breathing long. We have breath in our bodies. As they say about the tombstone, to getting for the dash and the end after the death. What matters is what we do in the middle. You listen to this podcast, you in the middle, right? Someone tell you something, Dr. Something critical about yourself. Somebody's worried about the song you accept. If have someone with it, you hear this, well, I hear this. Someone here and say, Well, he's jumping all over how I live, how I think. Well, you tell me what to do, just how to behave, what to say, what not to say. Here, about the tell the world that we speak of this. You just you say, Well, that's the world. I don't care about what the world thinks of me. I don't care what the world. I am me. I'm unique. I'm an individual. All are individuals, but there's over seven billion on this planet. Now, listen, you're living on a mountain or a monastery or somewhere isolated. You gotta have another individual. You might actually care deep down the core. But you have a measure of self respect, self value, which she has solved in different ways that how to dress and stuff like that. But if you have our basic needs, then you will care. You'll realize that we are connected to the spirit. Just a transitory Listen, learn, grow. Find those who will empower you up to encourage you. But if one poor everybody wrote, no man is an animal. He's dead and gone, but our story is still. That love and compassion grow and develop because the best person you can be. But achieve his wildest dreams. There will be those who tell you things are impossible, but everything was impossible if someone else did it. Through her negativity, she taught me positive stuff. So I passed her more than I told her. Start a great life. Pay attention to the words of this side of the world. Learn, grow, love, in spite of. Maybe that day you see it this podcast. And be ahead of you. If you choose, listen to the good, do the best.